This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, Parshat Tzavah 5781, we're dealing with the Pasuk Chav Tes Chav. You will shecht the ayel, the ram, and you'll take from its blood an asalto tenuch ozen aron val tenuch ozen banavayimonis. You're going to put it on the tenuch ozen, which we'll see is this part of the ear over here, and on top of the ear of his sons, that is on the right side, balbon yadam hayimonis, and on the right thumb, balbon raglamimonis, and their big toe on the right hand side. He's a rakta, a dam. You're going to sprinkle the blood on the mizbeach all around. Now, the process to make Aaron and, the, and his sons go on into Hashem involved three different animals altogether. There was a male cow and two rams, as well as fine flour to make into three different types of menachos. It was revucha, there was a challah, chalos, and rekikim. Those three, all placed in one big basket. First, they all told themselves inside a mikvah, all the kohanim, they told themselves inside a mikvah, and they donned the big day kuna, and kuna gedola for Aaron, obviously. And then they were anointed using the shemina mishcha. Okay, the bowl was brought first. It required smicha from Aaron and his sons, shechita, and then sprinkling its blood in the corners of the Mizbeach, while the rest of the blood was poured down onto the yesod of the Mizbeach. The fats and the innards were brought on the Mizbeach, of the par itself, while the rest of the animal was burned outside of the camp, completely different as a chatos. That's that. The first ram was brought, and they did smicha on it as well. They deshechted it, they sprinkled the blood on the Mizbeach, and they cut it up into pieces and burned it together with its innards as Mizbeach, as a Corbin Ola. And as an Ola, as we know, gets burned completely. The second ram was then brought with smicha and shechita, and then they took its blood, dabbed from it on their right ear, right thumb, and the right toe, as the Pasuk says. Now, the Elis Ashaka, Reb Steinman, points out that the word Nesina indicates the placement of the blood on the different parts of his body that was done by hand. Zrika refers to doing it with a kli of some sort. You're holding it in a kli and you sprinkle it out. Moshe Benu must have dabbed his finger into the kli in order to put the blood on top of Aaron and his sons, and that's where the word Nesina seems to be coming from. So he points that out, that that's the idea behind it. They then took the blood from the Mizbeach, as well as the Shemina Mishcha, and sprinkled it directly on the Kohanim in their clothing. They took fats and the right thigh of it, and they placed it on their hands to wave it in front of HaKadosh Baruch along with one of each of the menachos that were mentioned earlier, before burning it all on top of the Mizbeach. The chest meat was then given to them to wave, and after they did so, they were allowed to eat its meat as well as a shlamim. And that was the third aisle. There was a little bit... the. Second aisle. There was a little bit more to this process, but that's quite a bit of it, and that's the understanding that we need to come out from it. We're going to concentrate on the placement of the blood on the right-hand side and these parts. What in the world does this symbolize, and what does it mean? So we, we're going to have eight answers to this question. Number one is the Medjagal. The Medjagal says it was not necessary for them. It was only to show them what they would have to do in the future for Taras and Metzora. When being Metzora, somebody who was a Metzora, they would have to do the same thing, where they'd take the blood of one of his korbanos, they'd put it inside his, his right ear, then his thumb and his big toe. So this process would have to be done then. It was necessary for them to see how it was done now, and it sounds strange, but it works, that's the idea why they did it on this side, but no other reason. There's no other symbolism, that's that. Number two, Rabbi Avram, the son of the Rambam, says, certainly this is what we would call Xeris Akasuf. There is no real need to answer why they did it this way. However, there may be a hint here to what the Kohanim had to do. They have to listen to Hashem and his mitzvos. They have to do everything properly with their hands, that's why in the hands themselves, know, and also know when to walk in and how to walk in the Mishkan, not just assume that they can come in at any time, and that's the toes. This would therefore hint to them knowing how to act throughout the rest of their lives. The Ralbag says something very, very similar to this, similar to the Rav Avram, son of the Rambam, Rav Hirsch, 
says the shechita of the animal refers to them being willing to give up their lives to do what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants them to do as Kohanim. Their needs will never be as important as the needs of the Mishkan. No longer would they be able to live just for themselves, and therefore they have to shecht themselves, and that's why they shechted the animal. They would then be dedicated to serving their entire lives in the Mishkan itself. Now, obviously, it's going to be difficult for them, especially if they were the only Kohanim available, and there were only three of them, or five of them, and another one of you hadn't passed away yet, right? But that was very hard. They would also strive for heights heretofore unimagined by sprinkling the blood on the Mizbeach all around. But before that point, they had to be made conscious of the honor that was given to them. People who have to prove themselves to be in charge of a community must show that they understand what is given to them to do. In other words, they're listening to what they have to do. Their actions represent the nation at large, representing their hands, and that the result of their actions are entirely positive. Where they went is what they did. Similar to Robinson and the Rambam and the Ralbag, but a little bit different. It should be like a rebirth of the blood representing the nefesh of the Kohen on the actual ear, hand, and foot of the Kohen and what he should become in his new position. Rev. Victor Miller calls this dedication to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's service. He must not only listen with his ears, but obey and learn about what he has to do. See, that's the hard part. It's not just doing, but also obeying and willing to listen to everything that he said. He should understand what is going on around him and know that what to do in situations that may not be as simple as they seem. The truth is, everything we do with our hands and everywhere we go, we should consider ourselves shluchim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, messengers of Hashem. But we Before we do anything, our first job before anything else is to listen properly and devote ourselves to the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even if we're not chosen as Kwan in themselves. That is the El Hamilu'im, the realm of consecration over here, what made them as great people. Meaning, it worked for them at that time and it works for us in our lives as well. By means of the ear, men have the ability to become much, much greater than we would be normally. And that's the Mamleches Kohanim that we speak of over here. By being willing to listen to what other people have to say, of course, as long as it's something positive. Obviously, it's an even greater Mila to close our ears from hearing things that are improper, right? As well as the literature of the nature and the me- of the nations, as well as their media as well. That's something obvious. That can't enter our ears at all. But that's the lesson behind the ears. Miam is quoting the Abarbanel, has a third answer, okay? So that's, those three were the same. He says that this was due so that the Kohanim would play, pay very close attention to what they needed to do to hear the instructions of Moshe Rabbeinu very well, serve with their hearts and souls, using their hands and feet with complete alacrity so that the avoda would be done in the best way possible. The thumb is used, and I guess this could be similar to the answer before, it's not so different, but the thumb is here because it's the strongest of all the fingers and it has the biggest effect and all the others, since it can hold them down and do what it wants to do, so to speak, as the other fingers to it. That's what makes us, we have the opposable thumbs, which makes us different from almost every other animal. Perhaps that's why it's called the bohen. The bohen is bohen. It's the leader of all of them. That's also why it's put on the right side. That's the strongest side, the side that's best for us, and it's the side of Kedusha as opposed to the left side. The ram is therefore called the Elamiluim, because it was used to make them into Kohanim forever based on their strength and their power and what they needed to do. That's similar to the other answer. Number four, the Tzuramor says the three animals represented the sins of the very first people of the world. The sins of Adamarishon, which is the par. The isle, the first isle, is for the sin of Hevel, that I guess you could say the Gaiva are expecting to have everything being done for him. And the second isle is for the horrible sin of murder committed by Cain. That's why... Only its blood is placed on the Kohanim's different body parts. The blood is placed on the ear, 
because Adam Rishon did not listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's command not to eat from the Eitzah Das. That was the first thing. Adam Rishon didn't listen, therefore it's put in his ear. The Ramon Torah so Adam asked why this is done from the second aisle. Why, why not there? Which sort of represented Kain and not Adam's bull. It should have been done with Adam's bull blood, but they didn't. They did it with that. But okay, either way, the first one is the ear for Adam Rishon. It's then placed on the thumb and the big toe because Kain murdered with his hands and walked over to Hevel, ran to do his evil, and obviously being exiled afterward, running away afterward. This sprinkling of the blood on the Mizbeach was to be machaper for Hevel's blood being swallowed up by the ground and being spilled, and that's why it's called the Elamiluim, because it filled the gap left by Hevel's death in the world, and it filled it up, Miluim. That's the idea behind it. So an interesting answer, that it's machaper for Adam, Cain, and Hevel, mostly for Cain, but also Adam as well. That's why he put on the ear and the thumb and the big toe. That's from the Tzorah Mor. The Oznayim Latorah has a fifth answer. It says the Kohen has his whole body covered by Big Day Kahuna. The whole body is from the top of the neck all the way down to his feet, except his face, his hands, as well as his feet, his toes themselves, and that's that. Obviously, his head was covered by the mitznefes, the tzitz, as well as the tefillin, so the head is completely covered. But his face, right, everything around here, the hands and the feet are the only parts that are not covered. Since we had to be makadish, the entire body of the Kohen, obviously you had to see, it would be a chatzitza for the avodim, because he had to stand in the ritzba and he wasn't able to hold anything, right, to be able to, so obviously we had to be makadish, the entire body. So the Kohen Kadal, even what ended up happening was Aaron had dropped, from the Shemina Mishcha that dropped onto his face and beard. So his face and his beard did not require any Kedusha, but his ears still did. The ears, therefore, had to have the blood on top of it. That's the idea behind it. That comes from Tehillim, by the way, Kuflam Gimel, Kishemina Tovah Larosh, Yorad al Zakan Zakan Aron, Shiyorad al Pimidosav. And then it says that the other parts were the thumbs, and other representing the hands, and the feet, the toes, they were right over there. And that's why they had to do that, so that the entire body of the coin would be consecrated. The Shach has a sixth answer. He says, because Aaron heard the Erev Rav ask him to make them an idol, and he didn't tell them no. He went. Now we know part of the ear is soft so that you can move it and put it inside the ear itself so you can stop yourself from hearing Lashon Hara. That's also a Gemara and Ksuvis, although that deals with the pegs of the fingers. And Aaron should have done so in order not to hear the words of the Arab Rav so he wouldn't penetrate his ear. Since he didn't do so, he was punished by taking from the blood of the Elamiluim, that second aisle, and place it onto the ear itself. It sounds like they put the blood on the earlobe, according to this measure. We're going to see later on that there's a machlokas about that, but that's the earlobe that should have been put up. He was punished right there. He used his hands to carve the engravings of the gold that he then threw into the fire, and he used his feet to be able to get up and go. Kum, get up, is the wording of the Pasuk over there. Since you cannot get up and go somewhere without putting your big toe on the ground. So that's why the thumbs, right, and the big toe, the thumbs because of what he engraved, the big toes because he walked, and the ears because he should have not listened. Ayel Shachar quotes his message as well, that the since the blood was put on this area because of the Egel Azov, that might be true, and it works, but why on the Kohanim then? Meaning on Aaron, I understand, but why on Nadav Avio, Elazar, and Yitamar, why was that necessary? That's Ayel Shachar's kasha on the Shach's answer. The Nitziv points out in this puzzle that it seems they put the blood on the ear of Aaron and then the ears of his sons. It just points out it seems a little strange, right? And only then on their thumbs and their big toes. It seems weird because you look at the wording of the puzzle. The wording of the puzzle is on the ear of Aaron, then the ear of his sons, then on the, their right hands, and on their right feet. It doesn't differentiate. So it sounds a little bit strange. The problem with that is that in Parshas Tzav, when it actually happened, it seems that Moshe put the blood on Aaron completely, and only then put it on his sons. So 
He must have known through a Kabbalah that the order was not Ma'akev and he could do what he wanted, even though the order over here is pretty clear. Aaron's ear, their ears, and then everybody together, their hands and feet. We don't find Chazal talking about this at all, which is strange, unlike the Avnet, which is talked about, you know, when they should put the Avnet on, etc. Right, and we see in the Gemara and Yuma that they actually discuss this. But perhaps the reason why, says the Nativ, is because the Egel Azov happened between the Tzivoy and the Misa, the command and the actual action. Beforehand, Aaron and his sons were the same when it came to the Milo's They were going to be the same, only because he was older and their father was, he, and their father, that's why he was made into the Kohen Gadol, right, as opposed to instead of them. That's the only reason why, because he was older than them. But by the Egel Azov, Aaron so, showed something awesome about himself. And although we just said that he needed a kapara because he didn't listen, and he walked to them, and he did it, and whatever it is, here the Nativ is saying he was showing that he was willing to be most nefesh that Klau Yisrael would not be punished. He was willing to take it on for himself, even though everybody else was going to get off scot-free, he was the one who was going to sin by making the idol itself. It may have seemed that he actually helped them make the eagle as of, but a Baruch who knew that he really was trying to deflect the sin onto himself, away from all of them, and he loved him for it. Just like Pinchas deserved to be rewarded when he took it on for himself and took them all on, was Moser Nefesh in order to kill Zimri and Cosby. And for that, he received the bris kahunas olam. So too, Aaron got the very same, and maybe even more so, because he was willing to even lose his chalik and olahaba by doing the avodah for them. Thus, these three parts of the body, says Nativ, represented everything necessary to show how special he was. He listened to what the people wanted to do and did it himself instead of them, which led him to always look out for them and take care of them, the rego being the word hergel, getting used to doing things for them. That made him different from his sons, somewhat more deserving than they were to become the Kohen Gadol. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu put the blood on his three limbs, the, the, basically on him, first, and only then went to his sons, right? Because the eagle changed everything completely. So what should it have been? It should have been like we say in this Pasuk. His ear, their ears, and then them together, and then them together. But then, once the eagle of happened, he was more deserving, it went on his ear, his thumb, his big toe, and then it went to the sons, because he was that much more deserving. The Malbim asked this question as well, in Simen Kuf Pei Ches, in Parshas Tzav, and says that Nadav and Aviyu were actually sprinkled together with Aaron, and Lazar and Itamar were separated. So the order was actually the ear of Aaron, the ear of Nadav and Aviyu, thumb of Aaron, thumb of Nadav and Aviyu, big toe of Aaron, big toe of Nadav and then the ear, thumb, and big toe of Elazar and Itamar. And that's the reason. In Parshas Tzav, when Nadav and Aviyu are essentially gone, right, that's why we don't mention them at all. But over here, we're sort of mentioning them. That's the idea behind it. That's how the Malvin puts it. The Meshachachma also asks this in Parshas Tzav, and he says that the Kohanim had to be anointed with blood on their hands and feet because the Avoda had to be done with both of them. There cannot be anything chotzit between them. They had to stand on the ground with their feet. They had to hold whatever it was they were working on. Aaron and his sons were equal when it came Came to those rules. So therefore they were mentioned together in that way because they were equal when it came to all that. However, Meshichasa Ozen, the anointing on the ear, was because of the extra lachos given to the Kohanim. If so, Aaron, who was the Kohen Gadol and had more rules, therefore he had to be given a separate anointing. So says the Meshachachma, it had to be written separately that Aaron had one and then his sons and then after mentioning the Bowen and Yadam together, right, to make sure that you knew how special Aaron was because he had that many more rules. That's our sixth answer and that goes into everything else. Seven, Paneach Raza says in Parsha Sav, Parachas the blood was placed on the right side, so Shadim, Mazikin, 
and Malachi Chavala wouldn't be able to hurt them at all. The Razan Mer quotes Azor that the right side is obviously the side of Chesed and positivity, as opposed to the left side, which is called the Sitra Achra, the Malach of Din, etc. That's why it should be done on the right side, so it's not helping the Sitra Achra at all. Obviously, that answer could take a lot more work, but that's not for us right now. Number eight, and our final answer is the Toldus Yitzchak, is also brought a little bit by the Rabbeinu Bachaya and Parsha Sav. He says there are three parts to our existence. The Olam HaMalachim, the Olam HaGalgalim, we'll call it, like the stars and the constellations, and the Olam HaShuffle, which is the world that we're in. The Mishka was made to correspond to those three areas. Inside the Prochas was the area of Olam HaLachim, the Kodesh Kedashim, so to speak. The Kodesh was for the Olam HaGalgalim, while the Chatzar Mishkan was supposed to be for the people themselves and everything else out there. The Mishkan required one person who was going to represent all three worlds and hint to that connection between the worlds in his Tzura and in his clothing. His head represented the world of angels. His upper body for the world of the constellations and the stars and the powers of the kochos out there. And the lower part of the body for the physical world, the olam shuffle itself. And that's why the blood was placed on one part of each. The ear for the head, the olam malachim, The thumb for the olam galgalim for the middle part of the world itself. And then finally, the big toe for the lowest world, that lowest world out there. Each finger represents something for Kedusha as well. The pinky is used to measure the zeres of the choshen, how big the zeres was. The fourth finger was used for kamitza. The ama was used for the size of the ama, obviously from there to there, while the pointer finger was to sprinkle the blood to be able to use to sprinkle the blood from one place to the other. The thumb, to have the blood placed on it to consecrate the body to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, along with that ear and as well as the toe. Each finger also represents one of the five senses of the body and each one turns to that sense automatically without even thinking about it. So you think about this. The pinky is for the ear, the sense of hearing, because it fits in the best way. And if you wanted to pick your ear, that's what you do. So too, if you heard Lush and Hara, you'd put your pinky inside your ear. The fourth finger represents the eye. So when you want to pick something in your eye, you'd usually use your fourth finger. It automatically goes to it. The middle finger is always for touchings. That's why it's the longest, so it can touch things that you might want to have. That's a sense of touch. We've got sense of hearing, sense of sight, sense of touch. We have the fourth one. The pointer is for the nose, because when you pick your nose, you obviously use your pointer finger. I wouldn't know, but I know there are people that know this, and that's for the sense of smell. And the thumb for the mouth, for the sense of taste. When you're in your hand, you put your thumb inside your mouth. All are connected to each other, and each one has its purpose to show that we were not created this way by accident, and that's the thumb, which represents something that has a sense of taste, and that's the blood. There's much to talk about over here, but that shows that the divor has to connect with what the thumb represents. Where did they place the blood exactly? So the Medrash Gadol says it was Brom Shel Ozen, which is the Geder HaEmtsoi. We don't know what that means. Rome is the top of the ear. But Gedorom Tzoy means right in the middle, right? So we don't know exactly what the Medrashagadol means. Now Rashi, based on the Sifra, says that Tznuch is the Schois. Schois is the cartilage of the ear. They place the blood on the Gedorom Tzoy right by the middle of the ear called a tendron. Now we don't know, but according to Rashi, it seems to be it's this part. This soft cartilage that is right outside of your ear that surrounds the ear from the top to the bottom, that soft cartilage that goes all around, and it's placed right in the middle of the ear, so the blood would be placed there by the Kohen. That answer is also given by the Ravid in Mishnai's Nagayim Perk Yud Dalid Mishnah Tess, as well as the Bartanura in Bechoros Perak Vav Mishnah Aleph. Now the Rambam in the same Mishnah in Nagayim says where the rivet we mentioned above, says the blood was placed on the hard part of the ear, in between where the ear curves in, and where the cartilage is on the other side. So he says, not here, but here, on this hard part of the ear, if you feel it, you can get it right there, that's where you would end up putting it. The blood went right on that part. Not that much of a difference in The Taz seems to say the same. 
And the Bartanur asked them, how could it be if this is considered something you have to do by the animals as well, and the animals don't have that part of the ear? It's mentioned in Mishnah and Bechoros that it's enough of a mum that you can shech the Bechor over, but animals don't have that part. They don't have this little hard thing over here. They have this, the little the stuff over here, but they don't have the hard cartilage over there. So we asked that as a kasha. But the Chazan Ish and Bechoros stuff, Lamed Zayin and Aleph, seems to say there is no argument between Rambam and Rashi. It refers to the entire area in the middle, meaning this entire area over here. They're not arguing. The soft part and the hard part, they're really calling it the same thing. Then you could say, because the animal does have that. So that does answer the kasha, right, that they asked, that the, that the Bartanur asked on them. Rav Sadigon seems to say that it refers to the soft part of the ear called the earlobe on the bottom. And this is where you put it. And we saw before that there might have been a riot of that because you're supposed to put it inside your ear to stop yourself from hearing, so it might be there. Targum Unclus here seems to say that it's put on the upper part of the ear. He calls it Rome Odna. He doesn't say the Emsa Ozen, which we call the helix. That would be this part right over there. That's where you put it. Targum Yonason seems to translate like Rashi, calling it Haschus, which would be right here in the middle. So we see that we have three, maybe four different shitos. Either it's the earlobe, like Rav Sadiagon says. Targum Unclus says the top of the ear itself. And then Rashi and the Rambam here or here or possibly the exact same one. The Ibn Ezra says, there is no word like Tanuch throughout the entire Tanakh. Now, Torah Shlema in number 66 brings a mechilta in Miluim Simen Chav Beis, who says it comes from two different words. Tanuch is toch and namuch. Toch is the middle or, you know, in the midst of. Namuch is low. So you'd say from the word maybe nechim. Nechim is lowering down from the total height. He says there are three gedarim in the ear, here, here, and here, and therefore it should be placed on the middle part that corresponds to both of those translations. It's the middle and lower than the top. So that's the idea behind it. Later he says that the word over here could be based on the word nesfu alai nechim, that harsh people have surrounded me, and therefore refers to the hard part of the ear, which sounds like the Rambam. That would make sense like the Rambam itself. The Malbim in Parshish Mitzorah Simon Nun says it's related to the word toch, the middle of the ear, similar to what we said before. And we see elsewhere that a nun in the middle of a word can be dropped. And he uses a bunch of, he gives a bunch of examples of this. It could even be that the tough could also be dropped. So it's not really tenuch at all. The tough and the nun are dropped. And all it means is the word anach. Och, or Anach, which is a type of separation that's made on top of a wall. Rav Hirsch says the word Tanuch is connected to the word Donag. Classically, Rav Hirsch says that phonetically, letters that are similar to each other can be connected to one another. Donag is wax, and it refers to the soft, mobile, I'm, I'm quoting Rav Hirsch over here, cartilaginous rim of the ear all around that it could be placed anywhere around here. Or maybe as the Rambam, the Rashi say, it's the middle of that cartilaginous rim. The machlokis is only by the ear. When it comes to the thumb and the big toe, everyone agrees it was placed in the middle, which is not the bottom joint closer to the hand right over there, but rally, or the area where the nail is, but right in the middle, the part in between. Now, I'm not sure if they placed it like that on the top of the thumb or if they put it in the middle of the thumb just like that, but it sounds like it was in the outside from the steam solution. But this is something that I didn't look up enough, so I'm not absolutely positive. So we have it. It seems Rashi and the Rambam say it was placed right over there and right over there on the top of the thumb right over there. And obviously on the top of the toe right over there, it also makes sense because it would make no sense to me if they put it underneath the toe, which would correspond to this part of the thumb. So I would assume it was placed right there on top. But at least now we understand. We just gave eight reasons for this, eight reasons as to why it was on the ear, the thumb, and the big toe. And hopefully we learned a tremendous lesson from all that. Have a good job as everybody.